35-yard line. Quarterback draw. The seize part. There goes Daniels again. He's looking for the end zone. Touchdown. This is BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM from BetQL. Jaden Daniels, maybe that's the great equalizer in Tuscaloosa on Saturday night as LSU visits Alabama, number 14 against number eight. We'll get into that and a couple other big matchups on Week 10's college football slate in just a couple of moments as we welcome you back into BetQL Daily here on the BetQL Network presented by BetMGM alongside Joe Ostrowski and Aaron Hawksworth. I'm Chris Mack in for Ed Egros. Before we wrap up this hour, our lightning bets, best bets for tonight's action, including Thursday night football and in 20 minutes, our super contest picks with a lot of really tight spreads in some of these ugly games that we've talked about. Um, it'll be interesting to see where we all go on that in about 20 minutes. But college football for the moment, let's start with Jaden Daniels and LSU against number eight Alabama in Tuscaloosa, tied favored by three LSU. Huge upset win over Bama last year in Baton Rouge. They were 14 and a half point dogs. They won outright. I, I've said this since Labor Day weekend, guys. It is the year of the quarterback in college football. It is a lot of years the year of the quarterback, and quarterback is the first, second, third, and sometimes last thing you look at in these matchups. And for me, that's what this matchup is. It's Jaden Daniels, Jalen Milrow, and it's why I have a very strong LSU lean in this one. The only thing that gives me pause is it is on the road in Tuscaloosa, Joe. Um, but LSU getting three in what I think is going to be a field goal game, and they've got the better quarterback. Um, it's hard not to lean LSU in this situation. Much better quarterback. I mean, we know the story with the Bayou Bengals, that they have an elite offense, and the defense is horrendous. And Alabama, they don't have a defense that's as top-notch as they typically are, but it's strong. It's strong. And we know the, the quarterback is the problem over there in Alabama. And they're putting Melrose in a position where he's not going to hurt them, right? And, and they've been able to do that. But are they going to be able to do that once we get to in this matchup? Are they going to be playing from behind? How that? And if we get to that point, how is that going to look? I agree with that look of a plus three LSU on the road here. But even though it's a very subpar crimson offense, are they going to be able to do enough because LSU's defense is so bad? Where can they get to on the scoreboard? I don't think they're going to be able to catch up, bottom line, with LSU. So I, th- I think that's a strong look. I mean, there are some metrics that, that would suggest that this is the number one offense in the nation. While people talk a lot about those Pac-12 offenses and those quarterbacks that are expected to go very high in the draft, that this is really the best offense, at least efficiency-wise, so I, I do like LSU getting the field goal. Little concerned about it being on the road, but you know, Bama, they've won. They've won their home games and they've done what they were supposed to do. But again, it's it's not the dominant team that many of us are used to. Well, I thought maybe I would regret this pick, uh, LSU plus three, but it seems like you guys like it too. Uh-oh. LSU's defense is 
terrible. Uh, it's so weird because for so long, LSU was known for their defense, and now they have the best offense, right? Like, things have certainly changed. But LSU could let Jalen Milrow run all over them, and I could be regretting this, but the LSU offense is just so good. And I think Jaden Daniels has an opportunity to go into Tuscaloosa on Saturday and really make a name for himself in this Heisman race. So I will be on LSU here. I think they can keep this close within a field goal. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the Heisman race. He's all the way up to third uh, at BetMGM now, plus 450, mm -hmm. Jaden Daniels. He's got the best quarterback rating in the country. It's up over 200, better even than Michael Penix Jr., who's the favorite still for the Heisman, at plus 275. J.J. McCarthy between the two at 3-1. to one. But this is the kind of opportunity. I mean, LSU has kind of just been lurking since the Florida State opener. And they're lurking, and they're lurking, and the SEC – is about as open as it can get in either division. Like, I, I, I still think there's an opportunity for Missouri to put in a, a big scare into Georgia this weekend, even if it is in Athens. That's probably a conversation for later if we have time. But on the West side, I LSU-Bama is always the game that decides the SEC West. I don't think that's going to change. And I think LSU rises to the occasion and at the very least covers the three and if Bama wins, it's in some sort of walk-off fashion. You mentioned the Pac-12. Um, this is a big one for Washington. I, I get the feeling increasingly, especially after the initial CFP rankings, guys, that if you want to go to the CFP from the Pac-12, it's really going to have to be an undefeated Washington team or nobody. Unless there's multiple losses in the top four. Like, aside from just Michigan-Ohio State loser maybe falls out the Michigan Ohio State loser may not fall out of the playoff either that's something to consider if we get a tight game so if Washington wants to have a legit shot at jumping into the top top four should there be a loss in the top four or based on the outcome of the big game between Ohio State and Michigan they've got to keep it rolling USC's defense is awful mm -hmm. it's just terrible and I think Penix Jr. really gets fully back on Heisman track in this one on Saturday Washington laying three and a half at the Coliseum. The total 76 and a half. Wow. Whoa. 76 and a half, Joe. And that might be too low. Yeah, <laughs> it probably will be. I mean, we almost had a, a hundred point game with USC last week. And that was Cal. That was Cal. That was, <laughs> right. that was not the Huskies. Uh, the Sharps are on the Trojans. I'm a little, I wouldn't say shocked, oh. but yeah, the sharp betters are on the Trojans and, and look at the direction that this is going. Yeah, these are two high profile offenses and they've been great. Now you can run on Washington and USC does have that ability. I know everybody thinks about Caleb Williams, but they are pretty good at running the football. Uh, Penix, he has an interception in now three straight games. So I guess I understand that play. It's just so hard for me to trust USC in any sense. How do you do it? Like you have a 49 line. They could have lost. It was a two-point conversion attempt. And that's why they, they held on and they won at the very end against Cal. Uh, they had a massive lead going into it looked like they were pulling away going into that fourth quarter. And then they let their defense is so pathetic. They just let Cal right back in the game. So you would think that Washington's gonna get back on track here. I I'm really torn on this one, guys. I I'd, I'd love to have a strong opinion. 
but I don't. And it's probably going to be, it, I could easily see where last pos- possession ends up deciding it. And the total is probably the angle to go after. I do have a strong opinion, and it's Washington right. minus three. Penix rises to the occasion. See what I did there? Yes, I am very <laughs> immature. But Washington is looking <laughs> to get that spot. Do you have your full attention? Playoff. <laughs> <laughs> um, in all seriousness, he has to step up his game, and all eyes are going to be watching. This is a perfect opportunity. It's a tight spread, but... I think there is a bit of a mismatch with Washington's passing offense and USC's <laughs> pass defense. And I think Penix has a big game. <laughs> well, I mean, it is going to be played between six and midnight. So, I mean. Oh, my God, you guys. All right. This is quite possible that he, uh, that he rises to the occasion. Yes. <clears throat> Yes, I just want is. to reinforce to everyone that I just came in here looking to, you know, be a good old fashioned fill in guy for a couple of days. And you two have dragged me down away from my high morals and standards that I've always held. Um, it's going to be a lot of scoring in this game. <laughs> oh, man. There is. Uh, so anyone going to go over and go over seven? You can find a 75 and a half out there. I. I don't see it going under. I'll be honest. That's a lot. That's a lot. But is it? I mean, is there any way this isn't like a 48, 45, 45, 42 kind of game? Like, I don't. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I I think we're over like with eight, nine, 10 minutes left in this game. Especially it, it could. And the other angle is it could be a Washington runaway. Now, that may actually hamper the total. If if we get to, you know, if we get to, I, I don't know, 48-21, right? And it's, you know, six, seven minutes left in the game and Washington looks to take the air out of the football and just kind of coast on in uh, into the pits and, and get their dub. Um, that could that could slow it down. But I, I, I foresee a lot of points in this one. And yeah, I, I, that's, that's why I said I think 76 and a half might be too low. Uh, which is wild, but it it might be. Um, Big 12, wanted to touch on this one real quick uh, because mm-hmm. Texas is now back to having the inside line on the top spot in the Big 12 with Oklahoma's loss. Number 23, Kansas State goes into Austin. Number seven, Longhorns favored, but only by four. Um, they, they got by without Quinn Ewers last week. Let's put it that way. Malik Murphy was good enough, 16 to 25. 170 yards, a couple touchdowns and a pick. Um, Kansas State is – they're one of those second-tier teams, and I don't mean that as like some kind of crazy pejorative or or uh, knock against Kansas State. There's just – there's four or five teams in the Big 12 that you look at and go, oh, well, they could somehow sneak into the Big 12 championship game and ruin things for Oklahoma uh, or even Texas. Um, but – that's about as far as they go. They're just not there on that level with Texas, even with a backup quarterback in this one, Joe. I like Texas laying the four at home. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I wonder if this number is a little short because people are looking at what K-State has done, even though the opponents have lacked. Mm-hmm. I mean, the last two games, they've outscored yeah. teams 82-3. to 82-3. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's where I would look in that in that matchup. Don't have a strong play on it. But uh, that's where I would go. I want to I hit on Notre Dame-Clemson 
Um, yeah. Notre Dame favored by three on the road. And I know the sharp guys are, it sounds like they're on Clemson home dog getting three. It's been a disaster of a season for Clemson with a four and four record. Now, look, I don't, I don't know how they made this schedule, but for them in the middle of the season, for Dabo to have three game, three road games in four weeks, I was like, and then you're surprised that you, you go through all of these struggles. If we look at those losses, that Florida State game in overtime, that was a coin toss. The Miami double overtime game, that was a coin toss situation. They were a flat-out no-show first game of the year. Uh, that was a Monday night game, I believe, against Duke. We, we all recall that one. And then there was last week. It felt like after last week, people were like, okay, I'm totally out on this team. We could make a case before, but now I'm done. The market could not be lower on Clemson, and it feels like the market could not be higher on, on Notre Dame. Last week, they just demolished Pitt. Boy, Chris, by the way, I got a few things for your fan that fan base there. <laughs> Not your fan base, that fan base. I, I was there at the game all weekend. So I was dealing with oh. Pitt fans for, for a couple of days. Oh, I had no idea, man. <laughs> they're a bitter <laughs> people, bunch. They are. They're out of their minds. Like, I had no idea. And then for the game, you forgot that they were there. Because they they didn't put up a point until it was like fifty one to yeah. nothing, but uh, but all weekend you what certainly are they noticed like? that they were there. Okay, so obnoxious. I got there, I got there Friday night, and the kids wanted to go a little bit early, hang out with their friends, and because we we were staying with the family, we always stay stay with. We're close friends. The kids are all friends, and uh, they wanted to see the other teams, which is cool. Like it's, it's pretty much wide open. You you got women's volleyball going on i checked that out i was cool staying there Notre Dame against miami then we walked across the street because my son wanted to watch the soccer game so i i sat behind a pit fan oh my god this guy was out of his mind he was cussing out the soccer team for an hour straight he was ripping Whoa. them to shreds about everything they were doing they're going off about the football team like all these pit fans just mad about everything they, they brought they had a 20-minute conversation about chris blewett the former kicker just like mm -hmm. just tearing into him it was just... joe, joe and then if, at, if the then pinnacle yeah. if the pinnacle of your program over the last 40 years was Pat Narduzzi and Kenny Pickett in a fake slide against Wake Forest, you'd be bitter and angry too. Oh, they talked about that too. And then, you know, I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm at the bar on Saturday. So for those that haven't been there at the backer, there's this rusty pole in the middle and people get drunk and decide to do things to this rusty pole. And let me tell you, the pit fans were licking it all night. Just oh. licking this room. Ew. <laughs> Just, like, basically kissing each other. It was so it was a disgusting display by your people, Chris. <laughs> my people. My people. I'm a Penn State guy. My people. Thank God Michael Penix wasn't there with the rusty pole. It would have really uh, gotten out of control. It, oh. Okay. It was bad. It was bad. Um, with all that said, I get back to this Mitchell Evans injury out for the season for Notre Dame. Their leading receiver, the tight end. Notre Dame always has a great tight end. That's rough. Um, it feels like it's a buy low spot on Clemson, sell high a little yeah. bit on Notre Dame. I'm okay with Clemson in the plus three, and this is coming from a Notre Dame fan. Wow. 
Yeah, I just wonder if Dabo's kind of lost control and it's spiraling and if he can get it back at this point. BetQL Daily presented by BetMGM. Coming up next, NFL Super Contest spreads are out. We'll try and narrow down our favorite plays for this week next right here on the BetQL Network.